These are very much apocalyptic readings for today. And as I woke up yesterday and today, I had the same thought. You know how it was clear, the sky, not a single cloud. And we're still in Oregon. It's mid-November, and it's not raining. The sky is clear. There's not even fog. So I'm, I'm wondering if this is the fig tree sign of Jesus, and if this is the end or if Jesus is coming back. It's too good to be true. In the ancient uh, Greece, there was a famous philosopher named Heraclitus who thought that the core of reality was constant change. We don't have many writings from him, one, but one of his most famous quotes is the following. Ever newer waters flow on those who step into the same rivers. For him, nothing ever remained the same. That was actually the result of his observation. He took a look at the world and saw that nothing, nothing stood still. He saw the flowers fading, the seasons changing, the animals moving, us human beings giving into birth or dying. And he saw that nothing remained in the same place for a very long time. So he concluded that not even rocks and the steadier realities that surround us were there forever. Life for him was constant movement, inevitable change. But what does it follow from here? And that's the question that every good philosopher should ask Heraclitus. If you want to put it in other terms, so what? That's a philosophical question too. So what? Well, if everything changes, then why worry? If nothing you care for will remain, why care? If loved ones won't remain, why love at all? If no virtuous act will remain, why be good and virtuous? If everything really changes, then nothing really matters. When we turn to the gospel, though, we see that Jesus says somewhat the same thing as this philosopher. Everything will pass away. Nothing will remain. And when you read the beginning of it, he says, after this tribulation, the stars will come down, will be falling from heaven. The sun will be darkened. The earth will be turned to dust. It's a complete catastrophe, what he describes. Nothing remains. Everything passes. Though he immediately adds something that is very important, actually. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So even if it's true that everything will pass away, he, he says, actually, his words are not going to pass away. 
Because he is going to remain. He is the only one who endures forever. Yes, the world moves around, kingdoms rise and fall. Centuries pass by and we do with them. But he doesn't. He doesn't pass away. He is stable, firm, constant. Pope Clement the Eleventh has a very beautiful prayer in which he summarizes part of what I'm trying to convey to you today. He says, Lord, teach me to realize that this world is passing, that my true future is the happiness of heaven, that life on earth is short, and the life to come eternal. What a beautiful summary it is. And what's in all of this for us today here in Corvallis, in Oregon, going to college, going to work? Because we are also in the move. Every time we move, every day we move. We are sometimes unstable, wobbly, but moving, moving on. But we are moving from unsteadiness to stability, ultimately. We're going from this passing world to the steadfastness, the firmness of eternity. And this time we're giving us here is to move in that direction, to go from instability to steadiness. And if you realize this, there's only two things that you can do if you know God, if you follow God. Either you know God and you want to follow him, or you know you know not him and you want to follow him. This is what Pascal, the French philosopher, said in his book, The Pensees, The Thoughts of Pascal. He put it this way. There are only two classes of men who can be called rational. Those who serve God with all their heart because they know him, and those who seek him wholeheartedly because they know him not. If he is the only firm and constant reality that's going to last, that's the way to go. <laughs> to be rational is to use this time well, wisely. Most of the time we think about our time something we have and we can use however we want which is partly true we use it however we want and um, it's gonna still be that way but let me suggest that maybe you can think about time as the currency we have to invest in heaven so what you do with your money it's important what you do with your time is much more important than your money. Because you see, it is the only thing you have that you cannot get back. If you are sick, you can regain health. If you lost your money, someone can return the wallet to you. If you lost a friend, you got into an argument. 
you may come to peace, to terms again, and, and be at peace, and be a friend again with that person. But not so with time. You never get the time you wasted. And so, this is also an invitation to press upon the urgent, the, the most important things, the important things. Time is for us to use searching the Lord. So let me ask you, what are you spending your time in? Are you using it wisely? What is the biggest time waster for you? Maybe you need to revisit your schedule. In any event, of all these apocalyptics that we have just heard from the book of Daniel and the gospel itself, we need not, no worry, not worry. Because even if everything else fades and disappears, we won't as long as we stick to Christ, as long as we cling to Christ. It struck me when I was reading the readings of today that it says that the stars will fall down, the sun will be darkened. But if you go back to the first reading of the book of Daniel, it says, but the wise shall shine brightly like the splendor of the firmament. And those who lead the many to justice shall be like the stars forever. So yes, indeed, heaven and earth will pass away. No doubt about it. But Jesus, his words, and those who are faithful to him will not pass away.